Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, March 13th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8. 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayakel, and it means, And He Assembled. Exodus 36, 1-38 Let then Bezalel and Oholiav and all the skilled persons whom Hashem has endowed with skill and ability to perform expertly all the tasks connected with the service of the sanctuary carry out all that Hashem has commanded. Moses then called Bezalel and Oholiav and every skilled person whom Hashem had endowed with skill every one who excelled in ability, to undertake the task and carry it out. They took over from Moses all the gifts that the Israelites had brought to carry out the tasks connected with the service of the sanctuary. But when these continued to bring freewill offerings to him morning after morning, all the artisans who were engaged in the tasks of the sanctuary came each from the task upon which he was engaged, and said to Moses, The people are bringing more than is needed for the tasks entailed in the work that Hashem has commanded to be done. Moses thereupon had this proclamation made throughout the camp. Let no man or woman make further effort toward gifts for the sanctuary. So the people stopped bringing. Their efforts had been more than enough for all the tasks to be done. Then, all the skilled among those engaged in the work made the mishkan of ten strips of cloth, which they made of fine twisted linen, blue, purple, and crimson yarns. Into these they worked a design of cherubim. The length of each cloth was twenty-eight amot, 
and the width of each cloth was four a mote, all cloths having the same measurements. They joined five of the cloths to one another, and they joined the other five cloths to one another. They made loops of blue wool on the edge of the outermost cloth of the one set, and did the same on the edge of the outermost cloth of the other set. They made fifty loops on the one cloth, and they made fifty loops on the edge of the end cloth of the other set, the loops being opposite one another. And they made fifty gold clasps and coupled the units to one another with the clasps, so the Mishkan became one whole. They made cloths of goat's hair for a tent over the Mishkan. They made the cloths eleven in number. The length of each cloth was thirty a mote, and the width of each cloth was four a mote, the eleven cloths having the same measurements. They joined five of the cloths by themselves and the other six cloths by themselves. They made fifty loops on the edge of the outermost cloth of the one set, and they made fifty loops on the edge of the end cloth of the other set. They made fifty copper clasps to couple the tent together, so that it might become one whole. And they made a covering of tanned ramskins for the tent, and a covering of dolphin skins above. They made the planks for the mishkan of acacia wood, upright. The length of each plank was ten a mote, the width of each plank an ama and a half. Each plank had two tenons parallel to each other. They did the same with all the planks of the Mishkan. Of the planks of the Mishkan, they made twenty planks for the south side, making forty silver sockets under the twenty planks, two sockets under one plank, for its two tenons, and two sockets under each following plank, for its two tenons. And for the other side of the Mishkan, the north side, twenty planks, with their forty silver sockets, two sockets under one plank, and two sockets under each following plank. And for the rear of the Mishkan, to the west, they made six planks, and they made two planks for the corners of the Mishkan at the rear. They matched at the bottom, but terminated as one at the top into one ring. They did so with both of them at the two corners. Thus, there were eight planks with their sockets of silver. Sixteen sockets, two under each plank. They made bars of acacia wood, five for the planks of the one side wall of the Mishkan, and five bars for the planks of the other side wall of the Mishkan, and five bars for the planks of the wall of the Mishkan at the rear, to the west. They made the center bar to run halfway up the planks from end to end. They overlaid the planks with gold, and made their rings of gold as holders for the bars, and they overlaid the bars with gold. They made the curtain of blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and fine twisted linen, working into it a design of cherubim. They made it for four posts of acacia wood, and overlaid them with gold, with their hooks of gold, and they cast for them four silver sockets. They made the screen for the entrance of the tent, of blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and fine twisted linen, done in embroidery.
and five posts for it with their hooks. They overlaid their tops and their bands with gold, but the five sockets were of copper. Luke 1, 1-25 For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered unto them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things, from the very first, to write unto you in order, most excellent Theophilus, that you might know the certainty of those things wherein you have been instructed. There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea, a certain priest, named Zacharias, of course, of the course of Abia, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, He was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And the angel answering said to him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak to you, and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, you shall be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because you believe not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, 
to take away my reproach among men. Psalm 56, 1-13 Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresses me. My enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O Most High. What time I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In your anger cast down the people, O God. You tell my wanderings. You put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry to you, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is with me. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do to me. Your vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Will you not deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Proverbs 11.8 The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked comes in his stead. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Exodus chapter 36, and then we're going to jump into Luke chapter 1. And in Exodus chapter 36, again, we have more of a description of the Mishkan, that is the temple in the wilderness. And I want to zoom in on verse 8, where it is written, Then all the skilled among those engaged in the work made the mishkan of ten strips of cloth, which they made of fine twisted linen, blue, purple, and crimson yarns. Into these they worked a design of cherubim. The Israel Bible commentary on this verse reads as follows. The fine threads used to weave the curtains of the mishkan and later the Beit HaMikdash the temple, were surely remarkable and unmistakable. In Megillot Esther, read on the holiday of Purim, which marks the Jewish salvation from the evil Haman, the descriptions of the wall hangings in King Ahasuerus's palace are nearly identical to those of the Mishkan. Hangings of white, fine cotton, and blue, bordered with cords of fine linen and purple. This similarity prompted the Talmud, Megillah 12a, to understand that upon the exile from Israel after the destruction of the first temple, the temple's fine vessels and adornments were taken as booty and later became part of the Persian king's treasury. It was these stolen items that were on display at King Ahasuerus's party. While most Jews ignored Mordecai's warning not to participate, the sages say that the notables fled, refusing to partake of a feast in which the holy vessels and adornments were displayed. In doing so, 
these Jews were declaring their loyalty to God and the fallen temple in Jerusalem. So as I record this today, uh, we're coming into the holiday of Purim, which is March 6, 7, 8, in that time frame. And I'm in the land of Israel in Jerusalem. And as you know, the story, Purim, if you read the book of Esther, Haman wanted to wipe out all of the Jews. And he had a decree made that um, on a certain day off in the future, I think it was a year later, that all the Jews were to be eradicated and killed. And so Esther goes before the king and she risks her life And first, she invites him to a dinner and doesn't make her request. And then she invites him to a dinner a second time. And at that second dinner, after she has found favor with him, then she makes her request known to the king and tells him, Oh, if you were only going to, you know, oppress us or make us be slaves, I would say nothing. But there is this decree to have all of the Jews killed. And that's my people. That's who I am. Please reverse this decree. And the king says, I cannot reverse it. But you may take up arms and you may defend yourself. So here's the Torah principle. Biblical history is prophecy. And the historical events that we read about literally happened to these characters that we read of in the Bible, but they are often a prophetic blueprint for the end of days. And this year at Purim in Israel, we have a great looming threat coming from Iran. And in the news, Iran is just 12 days away from having enough uranium that is enriched in order to make a nuclear bomb. They are at 85% enrichment, and they're 12 days away. And so Israel is going to have to make a decision. If they're going to do a preemptive strike to take out the nuclear facility in Iran to buy them some more time. So ancient Persia is modern-day Iran. And there came a day uh, later, much later, when King Cyrus of Persia was kind to the Jews And at the end of the 70 years of captivity and exile, he said to the Jews in the time of Nehemiah, you may return to Israel, you may return to Jerusalem, and you may build your temple. You're free to go. And so this was one Persian king who was very kind to the Jewish people, but that's not the case today. Today, we have a leader in Iran that wants to wipe Israel off the map. So it's a spirit of Haman the spirit of Haman that wants to wipe out the Jews. Now, the Genesis 12.3 principle is this. I will bless those who bless you, Abraham, and I will curse those who curse you. So the descendants of Abraham, when we bless the Jewish people, when we bless the nation of Israel, in turn, we will be blessed. But any nation that comes against Israel and that comes against the Jewish people will come under a curse. So this is a time to be in much prayer. Remember, before Esther went before the king with her petition, she asked the people to fast and pray for three days 
and three nights. This is a time to fast and pray, because the nation of Israel is in great peril right now, great danger, and they're going to have to do something about this nuclear specter that's hanging over their head. So please keep Israel and the Jewish people in your prayers for God's protection, for God's intervention, for the Lord to give the leaders of Israel great wisdom in how to proceed with this threat from Israel. Now I want to jump into Luke chapter 1. And in this chapter we read the account of how Zechariah is he's married to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth has been barren. And so he is a priest in the temple. So this whole story that we read of is all based, it, it takes place in the temple. And so he's in, he, the priest would have a rotation schedule. And so his um, schedule, it's called the course of Abiyah. Um, it was his turn to serve in the temple. And in fact, his particular job or task, his assignment in the temple was to burn the incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, this is very significant because as he burns the incense, he has a visitation from an angel. So let me say a little more about burning incense at the temple. So in Psalm 141, verse 2, it says, Let my prayer be set before you as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So in the temple, when they had a temple, there were two times when a sacrifice, it's called the daily tamid lamb offering, would happen. It was at 9 a.m. in the morning and at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So this verse is talking about the lifting up of your hands as, as the evening sacrifice, and it compares the burning of the incense to prayer, that prayer is like the burning of incense in the temple. And in two other places, it talks about how prayer is like incense. In Revelation chapter 8, verse 3, And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, and there was given to him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. So here's the picture. We have an earthly realm and a heavenly realm. And when you pray in your secret place, here in the earthly realm, whenever and wherever that might be, you could be on the bus, you could be driving your car, you could be at home in your bedroom, or in a prayer closet, wherever you pray, and you lift up your holy hands, that prayer gets translated, it gets changed, and it is like spiritual incense. And that incense, that prayer goes right up into the heavenly realm. And this angel in the heavenly realm, there's a bowl. And um, the incense, the prayer, fills this bowl up. Verse 8, Revelation chapter 8, verse Chapter 8, verse 4, And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And so again, it's making a direct comparison between prayer and incense. And look what happens in the next verse. Chapter 8 of Revelation, verse 5, The angel took the censer and filled it with fire 
from the altar and cast it into the earth, and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And so when that bowl is filled with prayer, the angel takes a censer, which is like a lighter. He lights it up, sets the bowl of incense, the bowl of prayers on fire, tips the bowl over, and then the answer to the prayer comes down to the earthly realm. So here's the picture. You pray. Your prayer is like smoke, like incense, a a sweet, savory smoke. It goes up to heaven. The Lord receives it. It goes into this bowl. And when the bowl is full, the angel lights it on fire, tips the bowl over, and the answer to your prayer comes down to the earthly realm. So now let's come back to Luke chapter 1. And we have Zacharias, and he is in the temple. And he is burning incense. So it's associated to prayer. And prayer and the burning of incense creates an open heaven, a portal, so to speak. So I believe because he was burning incense and that was his task, it created an open heaven. And that's why the angel appeared to him. And the angel told him, you're going to have a child. And um, he's going to go in the spirit and the power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. So it's a it's a repentance message. It's a message to call the children of Israel back to the God of Israel and back to the Torah. And Zacharias, because he had some doubt, well, how am I going to know this is really going to happen? Um, then the angel struck him dumb, and he wasn't able to speak and um, until the baby, John the Baptist, was born. So keep in mind, John the Baptist and Yeshua are cousins. And Elizabeth, who was barren, she conceives. And then six months later, Mary, who was a virgin, she conceives. And the two babies from within the womb, when Mary and when Elizabeth come together, the two babies leap in the womb because they know each other in the spirit even from within the womb, because they're cousins. John the Baptist and Yeshua are six months apart in age. So this is the importance and the power of prayer. Your prayers make a difference. Your prayers change the atmosphere. They change the situation. When you pray in faith and you trust the Lord, He moves. It moves His heart and it moves His hand. So, be a prayer person and continue to seek and inquire of the Lord and bring your petitions before Him and know that your prayers ascend up to the heavenly realm and then God answers. Have a blessed day and we will see you tomorrow. Shalom. Yevrekka Adonai Vish Merekka Yeah Adonai Vikunneka
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.